Hey, what's up, y'all? It's Whitley, and you're tuned in to another Wondering Whitley session. Today, I want to talk about understanding your needs. And what I mean by that is that it is a myth, even when you're doing what you love, when you're on this path and you have done the work or you're doing the work to build that contentment within yourself, it doesn't mean you're going to be void of experiencing low moments or even low days or sadness or grief or disappointment. You still experience the range of the emotional chart or how deep your emotions can go or where they can go. It just means that you're better able to put them into perspective and to allow them to process without getting stuck and and stagnant in your body, which is very different because when we do that, that means that we're not allowing our emotions to we we we're not we're not allowing ourselves to feel our emotions. We're not allowing ourselves to really experience experience them, whether it's because we think they're bad or because we think they're too big to handle or process or we just really can't even identify them right. But when we grow in our own maturity and then we get to a place where emotional intelligence is something that we make a priority in our lives, which I, I is my personal opinion, this is just me, that I think should be a priority just because our emotions, especially as women, color our lives. They, they add the vibrance to our experience. And if we're not identifying our emotions at all or at least correctly then there's no way we can really meet our needs and give ourselves what we need in those moments you know at different times especially in a healthy way because that's another thing when we're not aware of what we feel we may fulfill certain needs that are coming up from certain emotions because we haven't really taken the time to identify what we're feeling. So, for example, uh, when I had a habit of smoking weed, I had to realize this is becoming an addiction. Because no matter how much I try to explain it or what I do it for, to me, this is just me, I identify an addiction as if, I need to do it every day and it's really difficult for me to stop and not need it at some point of the day, whether it's early in the morning, whether it's at night, whether it's me taking a break and I got to the point to where that's what it was for me. So I really had to dig deep, like what made me start doing this? When did I even first start smoking weed? What part of my life was I in? And I've done that work to identify that. And I started smoking when I didn't have really anything to do. I had a lot of anxiety at the time. Uh, me and my mom's relationship was very, very strained. And this is when I was leaving high school to go to college. So it was that summer that I was transitioning to college. And you know how Facebook pulls those memories up. And I think I said this on a past podcast. Like just the things, that, and it was before our parents got on there. Just the things that I was saying, I was very unhappy. I was very unsettled 
with my situation, with the relationships around me, particularly in my household. And I just wanted to escape. And around that time is when I first started smoking weed and being introduced to it. And I remember I just kind of let it be a habit after that. And even going into my adult life, the times where I tried to stop, I already told y'all this, like I tried to shame myself to stop. But when I finally identified, you know, when I picked this habit back up, it never fails. And I'm always able to pinpoint when I really get curious about, you know, what makes me start doing it and then start doing it as a habit. It's around the times when I'm really, really stressed or when I'm transitioning. The weirdest times is when I'm transitioning to a new level and it feels like I'm a beginner or it feels like there's just a lot of stress on me to figure figure something out. And right now is is crazy because I feel like I'm in that space right now. And I will tell y'all, I haven't what I haven't smoked in like a year and a half smoked weed. And I'm sitting in the gym this morning and I was like, man, I could I could I could use a puff right now. And that thought came out of nowhere. But as I'm getting to know myself, it's like, did it really? And then I had to think about what I, you know, what I, I went to bed probably like at 9, 9.30 last night. And last night I just felt overwhelmed because school is about to start. We're going through all these meetings. Um, you know, thankfully our district, they just came up with a curriculum for dance that they actually want us to follow through. And it was just a lot. Like, I I still haven't finished my room. By the time the day ends, it's like I'm not staying up here, so I might have to come up here on the weekends. Like, it's just all these things where it's just like last night, I just came home, cooked. I sat in my bed. I read a chapter of this budget book. And then I was just scrolling Instagram, read some more of that book, and I just laid down. I was like, I'm going to call it a night. I watched one of my videos that helped me feed my mind, uh, a YouTuber that I love to watch. And I just went to sleep. I went to sleep and I woke up at 4.30 this morning. But I realized last night, even that was, that, those are my stress signals. Those are the things that let me know I'm becoming... I wouldn't even say dejected, but where I'm getting overwhelmed, I notice that sometimes I can become a recluse even more because I already think I'm that, but I can withdraw a little bit more and I don't have an enthusiasm to really do anything else. Like I'm not motivated to do anything else as it relates to whatever it is I'm stressed about. Like last night, I didn't feel like doing no work. I didn't feel like doing no extra work, not even the work, you know, for my own personal research, none of that. I didn't feel like doing no work. I edited this video that I had been recorded, but I didn't do anything else. And at first I was going to beat myself up about it. I was like, no, Whitley, this is what you need right now. So I'm happy because I'm becoming more aware of when I'm going through emotional woes and when I'm when I am stressed that's something I used to could not identify so now I know what it looks like when I'm stressed or overwhelmed or what my behavior is but to go back to the smoking thing I'm having this thought in the gym and I'm like I'm stressed right now 
I'm stressed because there's a lot of change. There's a lot of things that are changing. There's a lot of new things. And sometimes when I don't have full control or when I don't, when I'm not, I wouldn't even say the master of my environment, but when I feel like too much is kind of unknown and I need to plan and I need to, like, I want to be good at it. I want to show up like that really stresses me out on top of the responsibilities I know is coming. So usually I just kind of overwork past it, adding on to my stress. But because I'm learning to sit with it, it honestly stresses me out a little bit more. Like to just give into my body now actually stresses me out a little bit more than becoming overactive like I used to do. But it's actually for me a more healthy response. But on top of what I used to do of becoming overactive, if I did sit still, that's when I would, you know, overindulge in the wine. Well, I've never really just been a, I love wine, but I've never been like, I'm going to keep it in the house and I'm going to drink it every, like, they ain't never been me. I would go smoke some weed though. Like, let me go hit this. Like, that was me. For somebody else, it may be binge watching TV. Like, it may be your, your vice may not be drugs or alcohol. Your vice may have been something else. We all have something, though, but just to realize, okay, is me doing this, is it beneficial to me moving forward beyond what I feel right now? And that's what I had to start asking myself. The things that you indulge in when you're, you know, feeling less than happy, feeling less than satisfied in the moment are the things that you choose to do healthy. Some people may indulge in relationships. They may be going through a heartbreak and quickly jump in another relationship because they feel rejected or abandoned, but they haven't really processed those feelings. And so they use other people to heal. Men and women do this. So, you know, a lot of times we don't fully sit with our emotions to understand our true needs and our true behavior. And I'm just learning for myself. I really want to observe myself when it comes to my emotions because that's where certain behaviors come from like even looking at my thoughts and it's like okay what's the most dominant thought replaying in my head and then when I think about the most dominant thought that keeps replaying I'm like oh that's what's on my mind that's that's where this emotion is coming from that's why I'm feeling like this and this is compounding you know what's actually going on in my reality and so I'm still even with this y'all I'm still working on okay what are my needs in this moment last night it was me reading this book and just going to bed early. Like, we're just going to pick it back up tomorrow and still keeping on working out, moving my body. That's a stress reliever for me. Uh, but I'm trying to figure out more ways to really process my emotions. Um, but the first step is being able to identify when we don't, when we feel certain things especially if they're not pleasant emotions it's important for us to be able to identify what those emotions are and put the correct name on them a lot of people only know happy or sad or angry you know when there's a range of emotions there's like this emotional chart that I pull it's used for kids but I love it and it goes through a range of emotions and it has like a green red blue different areas um, that have different energies 
So all in the green side, you got like calm, content, happy. Like you got all of these other words that really resonate more with what you feel than, you know, you may even have chill that resonate more than happy, sad, or angry because you may have something in between those or on a lower frequency or on a higher frequency, but lower vibe. So that's really what I wanted to talk to y'all about. Um, I don't, I don't plan to have all the solutions. I just want to bring up the conversation because, you know, as we do this work moving forward, it doesn't exempt any of us from feeling, having natural feelings of life. Like when I say I'm the happiest I've ever been, this is me being content just with life. Like inside, I told a girlfriend, I was like the only, I said, me feeling happy doesn't mean anything. Everything on the outside of me is going right. It means that's when it, when something is going wrong, I don't attach my worth and value to it which is very different. Like that's a huge shift to me because when I attach my worth and value to it, that means like I identify with those low emotions. Like that's who I am. I was abandoned, so I'm not worth being loved. And I may not say this to myself, but that's what my behaviors would would reflect. That's the way my emotions would stay in that place. And now it's like I can experience the emotions, but I don't identify with them. Like I can experience stress, but I don't feel inadequate about my job or I don't feel like I don't know what I'm doing or I don't feel like I'm not doing good enough, which I used to feel like that if I would experience stuff like this, but that's because I was never able to really fully accept and identify what was really going on. So being able to first identify your emotions and what they are, like I said, you can pull a a feelings chart from Google and that may sound silly to do, but you'll be surprised how many of us were not taught about emotions. I use children's books even when I'm teaching adults. I've used children's books with my collegiate students with my middle schoolers like this is a pre-k book that's when I was introduced to it when I was working with two-year-olds and I was like man I love this book it's this book called my many color days by Dr. Seuss and I love that book so much because even that's a very simple way of identifying the range of emotions like they'll have an animal in there a circus seal or kick my heels like a red horse in a circus seal and the red horse or the calm fish none of them are all of them are in a happy like state but all of them are in a different part of that state like the fish may be chill or content the horse may be excited the seal may be happy so i just wanted to talk to y'all about that about kind of what i'm experiencing and what i'm putting my focus on when it comes to my emotions and I'm tying that to the behavior which I didn't really get all the way into but I wanted to talk about you know the habit that I used to have because it's real when we can't identify our emotions those are the type of things that make us get into relationships stay into relationships entertain people or conversations 
or habits that don't really support the direction that we're going, sometimes if we don't know how we feel, like some of us may have a friend that's actually really negative, but when we're not feeling our best, that's who we enjoy talking to because they'll indulge us in that when really we need to be talking to that friend who's much more positive is not going to let us stay there, you know, or we need to be talking to God or putting it in our journal, you know, because you don't want to stay stuck in those emotions. You want to learn ways to process them and cope with them in healthy ways that make you more productive. You know, we don't want to be in it and then just kind of allow ourselves to be there or indulge in it in a way that continues to perpetuate it. And you got to know who those people are that you can go to at certain times or where they are in their lives. Like if they, you know, when you talk to them, they got low vibe, low energy just because of the things that they're dealing with, you know, let them have their season. But that may be the season where it's like, dang, okay, well, all my friends are going through something or when I talk to them, it just feel real low energy. You know, maybe I just need to take this to God because I don't want to, I feel like if I talk to them about this, it's going to become about them. And then we're going to, you know, it's just going to go through this cycle. And I don't really want to stay in this energy. I don't want to perpetuate it. I don't want to talk about it. And those are the type of choices I'm making. Like, okay, some things I experience, I have this urge in me, like, man, I want to talk about this to a friend and get there. But I, I just like, mm, no, nah, I just write it down. I just process it go work it out, find ways to to cope. And as a woman, you want to be able to build that skill for yourself because one, it allows you to, again, I become more emotionally intelligent. Two, it allows you to put behaviors and ways to cope with these emotions in a healthy way that's productive. And then three, it builds self-trust and self-confidence because you have to depend on yourself to know, understand how you feel about it. You know, you're not, you don't look for a friend to be in your amen section of what you're thinking about this when you're really in a low vibe, low frequency. And you may be right. You may be right about what's going on, but just practicing, how can I validate myself with this? Now, if you really do need to talk to somebody, yes, talk to somebody. I'm not saying keep everything to yourself, but sometimes we have a habit of, you know, something going on and then we quickly want to go talk to somebody who we know is going to be in our amen section or sing our praises or validate how we feel. And sometimes we need that, but if that's always our go-to, we never build the self-confidence and also take on the responsibility of handling our own emotions and then the self-trust to identify I'm right because I, I, I really don't need an outside opinion on this because these are my feelings. Now, if you need an opinion on if, you know, you handle something the right way, yes. But sometimes even that, process it with yourself first. And again, if you know like you need an outside source to walk you through things, don't always go to your friend's pay for a therapist because your family members, your friends, they got their own stuff going on too. And if your stuff is deep, you know, you may not think it is, or you always kind of in these relationships that always kind of got you at a low vibe and got your mind warped up, or, you know, you really hating your job. Like you need to pay a professional 
because also sometimes you can become a burden to the people who love you and want to listen to you but it's like dang like every time we talk like this is the frequency of our conversation or this is what you know we're having to work through or hear and that repels people even people who got their own stuff going on and or again it goes back to keeping you stuck and giving you the opportunity not being able to grow past that grow past that need of the conversation always be about you growing past the need of needing other people to validate you and make your those decisions for you growing past your need to whatever your whatever things you're doing to cope whether it is that you cope through sex, you cope through staying in relationships or going quickly into relationships, you cope, cope through drugs or alcohol. Like if none of those things are benefiting you or moving you forward, only you can be the judge of that. That's not for me. I can only be the judge of my own life and my own choices and make the things and say the things for me that work for me. And I'm only sharing my experience because it's my experience. This is Wondering Whitley. These are the things I think about. And these are the things that I hold myself to because this is, I I know the woman that I want to become. You may have different goals. You may have different opinions, different perspectives, and that's fine too. You got to take what works for you and do with that. But... At the root of this conversation, you know, if you want to take one thing away, is that I would ask myself, do I understand the range of my emotions? And when I'm feeling less than pleasant, whatever that emotion is, in what way do I understand or can I identify and articulate the things that I use to cope? the behaviors that I have to cope, the people that I use to cope, because we do use people as well. What are my habits when I'm not feeling my best? And can you identify those things? Um, Because that's really important to our, our, our future success. Because, you know, we even on the path to doing the right thing and moving forward, you won't always feel happy you won't always get it right you know you won't always feel your best so you have to plan to know how you're going to bounce back how you're going to continue to move forward and be who you want to be even when you're not getting the results that you want or even when you're overwhelmed or even when you're angry you have to plan to be able to move forward in a healthy way that's not going to hinder you because you made a decision you know in that anger where you reflect on that and you didn't like who you were. You don't like who showed up. You don't like, you know, that you weren't able to, you know, really sit in that emotion and really process it in a way that allowed you to respond rather than react in that situation or totally deject from life. So I love y'all so much. If you want to reach out to me, my contact information is on my website at WhitleyNGreen.com. My blog is also there if you like to read the content that's there i'm on arts feminine on twitter the feminine arts academy on youtube facebook and instagram wit wit hooray is my personal instagram page and then wondering whitley is on facebook and instagram where i post questions in the titles of these episodes 
So I love y'all so much. Y'all have a great day. And remember, get in alignment to receive your assignment. Talk to you soon.